Let's come together this morning and worship. And in this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, and there is only one salvation we believe yes we do we believe and in this broken generation when all is dark you help us and there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death we believe and, and he's coming back again we believe so let our faith be more than anthems and greater than the songs we sing and in our weakness and temptations we believe, we believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life, we believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death. back again we believe we believe just our voices we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death we believe in the resurrection and he's coming back again we believe amen praise the lord this morning i just wanted to read a little bit of scripture a little bit this morning before we continue with worship in james chapter 1 starting at verse 12 it says blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So this morning, as we sing this next song we're going to be singing is uh, called Cornerstone. And, and many times in life, we get razzled, we get thrown off kilter by things that happen. And, and just like whenever we're out on the lake or in the ocean, we're at, with a boat and we throw the anchor down, that is holding us steadfast. There are times when we need something to anchor us, to be a cornerstone for um, our structure and our life. So 
we know that Jesus can be that cornerstone, and he is that cornerstone. So let's sing about um, the God and Father and the, the Savior that is a cornerstone for us this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again together this morning. Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing Christ alone this morning. In Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong and saved. Darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Sing Christ alone this morning. In Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. We shall come. When we shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, and faultless stand before the throne. I'll sing about that cornerstone one more time this morning. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all, and He is Lord. alone cornerstone 
weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. I see your grace from the mountain. I see your grace from the mountain. I feel you there in the valley below. I see your love and your mercy guiding me home. I know you're in every season. I feel your hand bringing peace and control. Jesus, your love is my anchor. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. And I will trust in you this morning. And I will trust in you. And I will not be moved. High on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valleys, I will be dancing for joy in every season and you are worthy in every moment you're wonderful yes you are lord you're wonderful you are my light my salvation my God is with me, there's nothing to fear. Jesus, our hope, our redemption. Your presence is here, Lord. Your presence is here. And I will trust in you this morning, Lord. And I will trust in you. I will not be moved. High on the mountains, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valleys, I will be dancing for joy in every season. And you are worthy in every moment. You're wonderful, Lord. You're wonderful high on the mountains. I will be lifting my voice. And in the valleys, I will be dancing for joy. In every season, you are worthy in every moment. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. We won't be silent. Our hearts are on fire. Jesus, our victory, this song of triumph, this song inside us. Jesus, our victory, we won't be silent, our hearts are on fire. 
Jesus, our victory. And this sound of triumph, this song inside us. Jesus, our victory. High on the mountains, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valleys, I will be dancing for joy in every season. You are worthy in every moment. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Let us pray this morning. God, our Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for another wonderful day. God, we thank you for being there in the, the high points in our life and the low Father, thank you for anchoring us down even when we struggle, Lord, and even when we want to run um, far away, Father, you bring us back to you and with open arms, Father. Be with the offering as we take it this morning, and be with James as he brings the word. It's your name I pray. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and we thank you for this day. We thank you for all things, God. We thank you for the opportunity to build our lives on something that will never shift and will never fall, but is a cornerstone. It is the rock that will always be for eternity because it's been since the beginning and it will be until the, the all of time, Father. And I just pray right now as we open up your word and we look at what Paul has to say to the church in Colossae, God, that we apply the truths that we find to our own personal lives, to our church's life. And God, that we, we don't look around to everybody else and ask what sins they have going on. And we don't look at our spouse and, and judge them, God. But we first and foremost, we look eternal, internally and we ask ourselves, God, what do I need to put off this morning? What do I need to remove? How do I need to live differently? And God, that we pray that you empower us to do so. We love you, we praise you, we glorify you, and we thank you for all that you are and all that you've done for us. We just ask you this morning that you do a work that only you can do. In your son's perfect and holy name, amen. Verses 8 through 11 says this, But now put away all of the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouths. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices. And put on the new self. You are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ there is no Greek and Jew, no circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, synthetic, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. 
In a minute, we're going to get to verses, uh, we're going to look at 8 and 9, and then 9 and 10 and verse 11. But I wanted to go back and I want to recap last week's sermon in a brief uh, sentence. It's that if we have died in Christ, we seek and set our minds on things above. In doing so, we put away the things of this world by trusting in Jesus. Last week, really, what we talked about was that uh, he, he names in verse 5 and in verse 8, and we're going to look at both of them again in a minute. He names these sins, but ultimately what he's calling us to do is to put off the old man, to remove these sins from our life, because this is what the lost individual, this lost woman, man did. So now that we've been uh, come to Christ, we have died to Christ and been risen with Christ, then what we ought to do now is to seek the things above. To seek the things above and to set our minds on things above. And last week I explained both of those two things. Is seeking the things above is simply to um, do the will of the Father. Which is, I broke it down in three and I said there could be more. I said, you know, the first thing that Jesus told us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second was to love your neighbor as yourself. We're called to do those things first and foremost, but He also gave us the Great Commission. He told us to go therefore and make disciples. Seeking the things of God and the things above is doing the will of the Father. But then He goes on and He says, set your mind on the things above. To set your mind on the things above is really just to uh, think about and to apply the truths of God. And we do that by being in the Word of God, by being in prayer, by worshiping together, by gathering together with brothers and sisters. So why is all of that important this morning? Because it's the same principle for us today. We're going to look at some more truths, but ultimately we do it by seeking and setting our minds on things above. So to open it up with, I want to give a kind of a little story. Um, raise your hand if you're a parent. So who, who all raised their hand? Everything, everybody but me, Casey, and Cole and Lily. Well, Lily's not in here, but Cole. So only us and Troy. Um, we're not parents. So I want you to imagine with me parents. Uh, and if you're not a parent, I want you to imagine this as well. Imagine if in your future this happened. Uh, and when I tell this story, um, it might have happened to you before, so just go along with me. But imagine you have a kid, a child, it could be a boy or a girl, whatever you have. Imagine that child or both of them or whatever. Imagine they, they're outside all day long. They're at an age where they can take care of themselves. They bathe themselves. They take care of, you know, they take care of themselves. So they're outside all day long. And they're outside all day long, and you're a good parent, so you actually check on them every now and then. But they're, they're playing in the mud all day. I mean, from rise to, to the sun goes down, they're just playing outside, sweaty, muddy, and, and dinner come, comes, and you tell them to come in for dinner. Uh, and so they come in, they don't talk back, they don't complain, they don't argue with you, so you can tell this is a fictional story. Um, but you, you tell them to come back in, and obviously they're covered in mud, like Casey's truck is actually. Um, and you tell them, hey, you know, take, go take a shower or take a bath before dinner and clean up. So they listen to you once again, and they go and they, get, they, they take a bath, they get ready, they, 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 they clean up nice and good for dinner. But you're in there cooking, or you're in there setting the table, or you're in the, your recliner, wherever you may be, and they walk into the room, and you can tell they've taken a bath, but they have all of their muddy clothes back on. 
from, from toes to their head, they have all of the muddy clothes back on. How are you going to respond? Some of you might be a little less gracious than others. Some of you might be gracious. But ultimately, you would have to explain to them that that shower you just took was pointless because you just put all of your dirty clothes back on. And so if you're here and you're, you know, uh, think back to you men as you were in college or went to college or when you were a bachelor, you may be thinking, well, dirty clothes don't matter, you know, as long as it smelled good. But I'm talking about filthy clothes. They, they put this back on, so the shower is pointless, right? This morning we're going to look at the same concept in our life is that if we, have been die, if we have died in Christ and been risen in Christ, He has cleansed us. He has made us clean. He has, he has made us pure and holy through the blood of Christ. We are cleansed in Him. And when we put on the old man, we put that back on, we, we live back in our lifestyles that we once lived in, then when we do that, it's just like this boy or girl that puts on filthy clothes after taking a shower. We're not called to do so. It just doesn't make sense, does it? So if you would, turn with me and look with me at verses 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, But now put away, some of your translation may say put off, uh, all of the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices. He names these things, and I talked about them last week, so I'm not going to try to go into too much detail. But he says, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language, and then lying to one another. And this progression, is what he's talking about here is this anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language. It's this progression that happens. Is that when you get angry, uh, eventually, if you live in that anger, it turns to wrath. And wrath is it's, it's more than just being just fully mad or being upset about something. It's having this deep desire, this, this hatred almost, this anger in you. And when you have this wrath, then it turns into a few different things. It can turn into malice, slander, or filthy language. And what malice really breaks down to be is the hurting of an individual. It's to hurt that person. Now, it could be a physical thing. It could be an emotional thing. Uh, and so often we think of it this emotional uh, hurt. But a lot of times it's a slanderous thing. It's that when you turn and you take somebody's name through the mud, this anger produces in this kind of way. But then also in filthy language. You know, when you hear filthy language, you may be thinking of a few vo uh, choice vocabulary words. But really what he's talking about is the way we talk about to talk to somebody. We talk down to them. We, we talk. Uh, we abuse them with our language. We abuse them with our words. And so he's given this progression of anger. But then he goes on and says, but don't lie to one another either. He's saying we should put these things away. And then last week we looked at a list in verse 5. It says sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, and idolatry. And in a minute we're going to look at, at the last point I'm going to make. We're going to look at a third, uh, another set of sins that we have to put off. And, and what he's addressing here is that this is how we once lived. If you look at verse 9, he says, Do not lie to one another, but then he goes on. He says, Since you have been put off the old self with its practices. See, when we come to Christ, we have been made clean in Christ. And when we do so, what we're called to do is to put off the old self. 
to put off these sins, to put and remove them from our lives. And as we talked about last week, we do this by seeking and setting our minds on things above. We don't do it only in our own strength because we're not strong enough. We have to trust in God to do so, but we're called to put these things off. Just like that son or daughter you thought of, um, you, th- you think of that, you know, their job was to take a shower, but you wanted them to put on new clothes, right? Clean clothes. And so their job was to, to put off these dirty and useless clothes and then to do what? To put on new clothes. And why I want to use that analogy so strongly is back when we went through James on Wednesday nights. Uh, it's been about two years ago, so many of you may not remember it. Um, and then when we went through it a few, week, a few months back on Sunday mornings, we got to the point in James where he says to put off, to put away. And when you look at the translation in the original text, it really and it literally meant taking off filthy clothes. See, this is the analogy we get in this, is that our job is to take off this sin because it is like filthy clothes. Then he goes on in verses 9 and 10. And so the question is, if, if we're called to put off these filthy clothes, then what are we to do now? What are we to do afterwards? We're supposed to be just like this son or daughter you thought of. You're supposed to put on clean clothes, right? You're supposed to put on the new self. 9 and 10 says this, or verse 10 mainly, and put on the new self. You are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your Creator. To put on the new self. Then when we come to Christ, we've died to the old man. Because when you look at verse 14 of chapter 2, he says, He erased the certificate of our debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed and was taken in a way by nailing it to the cross. We're to put these things off because they have been nailed to the cross with Christ. We have died to the old man and now we are called to put on the new man, the new woman of Christ. And we do this by what? In verse 10, he says, the renewed in the, uh, in the knowledge according to the image of your Creator. We do it by the renewing of our mind to the image of our Creator. Our job as a Christian is to be more like Christ. I've said this time and time again, and I'll say it today, is that the term Christian literally means a little Christ. Just like if you look at, uh, it's a perfect example, now I can do it again. Look at Matt and James. He looks just like his daddy, right? He's a little Matt. And you think about Larry and John David. John David is a little Larry. We're supposed to be just like that to Christ. We're supposed to look so much like Jesus that they see Jesus in us. But so often we're not putting on the new self. We're not being renewed in, in, a, in, the, in Christ Jesus, in the image of Christ. That's so significant because when you look at John 14, 6-7, and I'm not going to read it, it tells us that Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is, the, he is the image of God the Father, and if we have seen Christ, we have seen the Father. And there's no way to heaven outside of who Christ is. So we are called to renew our minds to the image of Christ and to put on the new self by doing so. And we do that just as we talked about last week, by setting and seeking the things above. Then in verse 11, we get to a, a subject that to me, we're going to look at a little bit more next week in some sense, um, but it's almost a transitional verse. 
Because he's telling us in verses 1 through 10 that we should put off the old man and put on the new man. And then when we get to verse 12 through 17, he's telling us what we should do as body of believers. What the one another statements is what we're going to find. That we should love one another, build one another of these different things. But verse 11, he addresses something that I just feel like is so heavy, not only in our country, but in our in, in, in small town Alabama, in, in Southern Baptist churches, it's just a heavy topic. Let's look at verse 11 real quick. It says, In Christ there's not Greek and Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, synthene, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. So what was going on in the church of Colossae was that there was these people that, that this it was a big problem in this time period. The Jews were against the Gentiles, and they were, as we talked about before, they were t- teaching false doctrine and things of that nature. But ultimately, what this verse boils down to is that there were certain people in the church that saw somebody that was a Greek or a Gentile or, or a Jew or barbarian, uncircumcised, circumcised, a different race in general, and, and saw this individual and thought they were lesser because of that. They, they, they looked at these people based surely on their race or their spiritual background, and they looked down upon them. And so what does that mean for us when you think about that? Because when I say uncircumcised, circumcised, barbarian, Greek, Jew, none of that makes sense to us, right? But what it means is that in Christ, all brothers and sisters are the same. In Christ, there's not white, black. There's not white, Hispanic, white, Asian. In Christ, there is no male or female, child or adult. In Christ, we are all in all in Christ. And so the reality that he is talking about here is another sin that was plaguing the church. Just like sexual morality, impurity, lust, idolatry, greed, evil desires, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language. What was going on was racism in the church was plaguing it. And what we are called to do is to put these things off just like these others. And so often this is something that we accept in one way or another. So often this is something that we deal with and we just don't want to admit it sometimes. I think about my own life and my own heart. If I'm going to be really honest with you, and I expect you to be honest with me, this is something that I struggle with at times. I'll see an individual and my, my mind will directly go towards thinking one thing based on who they look like. But in reality, this is a sin and it should be repented of and turned away from. And this is just an honest thing this morning. And this is what I love about preaching through the text is that we have to address the issues when they come up. And the issue in our country today on both sides of the uh, camps is racism. If you want to disagree with me, look around us. I'm not saying we should reach one particular um, race just because of who they are. But look around us or go to a, a different ethnicity church this morning. You look around them and what you will see is that racism exists, and especially on Sunday mornings. See, the reality is that this is a sin. And so many people try to get away from this sin by saying something of the lines of, well, that's how I was raised. That's how I was brought up. That's how I was taught. But what we're taught in Scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that we are created in the image of God. Every last one of us. And just to destroy that theory this morning, 
If I grew up in a homosexual family, my parents taught me that it was okay for me to sleep with another man and to live in that lifestyle, you would say that that wasn't okay, that my upbringing brought me up the wrong way. Racism is the same. Racism is hatred, and it plagues the church, and it plagued it then, and it is something we should put off in our lives, and to put on the new man, and to trust in Jesus to do so. Because hatred is not the gospel, and it's contrary, and it is against the love of Christ. So this morning, what do we to do? What does all of this mean for us? Really what we're called to do is to put off the old man. If that be sexual immorality, if that be idolatry, if that be lust, if that be wrath, if that be filthy language, if that be racism, if that be uh, anger or slander, if that be whatever it may be, it could be something that we haven't even talked about this morning, but you know in your heart that you deal with it. You're called to put that off and to put on the new man and to dwell and renew your mind in Christ Jesus by setting and seeking the things above. And until we do this, we're just like our kid that took a shower and was cleansed, cleansed and cleaned and just looks brand new. And then they put on these filthy clothes. They didn't look clean no more. They looked contrary to what they were supposed to do. And it defeated the purpose. This morning, if we don't put off these sins, we're just like that kid. And you wouldn't do that, right? You wouldn't come home from work, sweaty, dirty, and put on the old clothes after you took a shower. You don't get ready for a hot day with your husband or wife and put on your same work clothes that you did after you took a shower. So why would we do this to Christ in something in a larger, most important fashion of our life? So this morning, I want to call us to first and foremost to put off the old man, then to put on the new man by renewing our minds in Christ Jesus, which is seeking and setting our minds on the things above. This morning, I pray, as Troy comes, I pray that we kill the sin in our lives, the ones that plague us. See, the reality is, the sin I deal with on a regular basis, regular basis may be totally different than what you deal with. But this morning as I read Colossians chapter 3, I see a bunch of sins that I promise you all of us probably got hit just a little bit with them. So the question is, are we going to put off the old man and put on the new man and trust in Jesus and love Jesus to teach us to love those around us and to, to not commit these sins? This morning... Simple question is, are you ready to put off the old man, put on the new man? Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and we thank you for this day. We glorify you. We praise you. God, I thank you for the fact that in Christ, we are all the same. In Christ, there is no one that was worse than the other. There is no one that is different than the other. In Christ, we are all the same, and that is that you are a common denominator, and because of that, we can hold on to who you are, and we can cast off the sins in our life. And God, I pray that's exactly what we do this morning. We cast off the sins, not, not, not because we just feel bad in this moment, 
Not because we, we got our feet stomped on, or not because your word has convicted us and pricked our hearts just a little bit, God. But we turn away from our sins because it is a rebellion against the perfect and holy God that you are. And we turn to Jesus and we put on the new man and we trust in you to do so, God, because we can't do it on our own. Our minds and our hearts are bent towards sin and we lean this way simply because of a lot of things, God. But none of those things are an excuse to keep us from trusting in You to overcome them. God, I pray Your will and Your will alone will be done this morning. I trust in You to communicate Your Word. Your Son's perfect and holy name. Amen. If you would, let's stand and sing together. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, say that thou art. Thou my best thought, and by day and by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, and I thy true Son. Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. High King of Heaven, and High King of Heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joy, O bright of sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. And still be my vision, O ruler of all.